right, welcome back, everybody, to another show of Flyway Connections. And like always, I'm here with my buddy, Joe. Joe? Hey, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen, tonight? So tonight we have back on uh, our good buddy, Sharp, from Hales from Georgia, but guides out here in Louisiana and in um, Arkansas. His favorite thing to guide for is those those uh, giggle chickens, speckle bellies, white fronts, we, you know, tons of names for them. But hey, Sharp, how you doing today? What's going on, guys? Uh, hey, what's going excited on? Excited to talk about. Excited to talk about speckle bellies because we can't chase them anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> at least in Arkansas. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think you can chase them anywhere right now. Well, uh, maybe, maybe in the northern uh, states. I think Washington has. A, I, Washington might have a season. I know, like some of the yes. northern states. Yes, California. Like, yeah, you know, they're they're late. They're later goose. Yeah, California has an eight-day late spec season that that goes into puncture uh, and snows. Yeah, that's pretty sick. But you, yeah. you can't use e-collars out there or anything for snows, right? Uh, I d- don't get me lying to you. I mean, it's been so long since I hunted back home. I know, Did you like, say don't get me lying things. idea? Yeah, I'm lying to you. Oh. <laughs> Sharp, we got to, like, now it's going to be called the Chris, Joe, Sharp, and Joe show. <laughs> yeah, so we're definitely gonna have I love it. <laughs> but I guess uh my Joe's over there fiddling with his thumbs. Um so I know we're gonna talk a little bit a lot more about spec hunting. So as far as the areas for your spec hunting, what are like the I guess most common areas you hunt for the specs? Uh would you like say like terrain wise? Yeah, terrain. Yeah. Um I'd say Flooded, flooded rice fields, and then dry bean and dry rice fields. And which one's your um, favorite? So this year, um, what I really started to do was I started trafficking specs on flooded fields with pits. I'd watch mm-hmm. the flight lines, and I kind of like started messing with my spreads to see what kind of worked. And then I, I kind of figured it out. Like if I could get under a good flight line. And set out this decoy spread like you could. We we shot a good bit of birds doing that. It it worked really well. Yeah, I, so, I liked it. It was it was fun because it was a lot of calling. Like you know, with like being at the X, you don't call as much. Whereas the traffic, you get to rip your call. Yeah. So I know me and you hunted speckle bell and snow geese together before sharp, and we hunted in a, in a rice field in the flooded rice field. But I, I guess we'll, let's start the conversation off with. A dry right or a dry field, you know, maybe corn, maybe rice, you know, different, you know, different regions where me and you hunted was in Arkansas. And, you know, I hunt, yeah, I hunted specs down up, up Arkansas with you down here in Louisiana and then obviously in my home state of California. But all three of those states, it's pretty similar terrain and uh, hunting conditions. But when we are, when we are targeting them in the, in those rice fields, in the dry fields, um, on those big, you know, those big feeds. What I mean, what difference between those and then, like, let's say in the, in the flooded fields, what, what really difference in, in those dry fields? So uh, the one, the two things I would say. One would be no wind days because when you get that sheet water, or even like in a little bit deeper in sheet water. When there's no wind, it's like that calm, reflective stuff. You might as well just, I mean, I've killed a few doing it, but it's, it's tough. That's the one thing that pushes me to those. That's like a little bit different while I'd take one over the other. And then two would be ice. So like when it iced, I'd go to dry, dry, dry fields. I no. think like they're both, I don't like one over the other, over hunting them. Like I like kind of, I think they both kind of hunt the same. You can yeah. outrun the same same type of spread, but I would say like that would be my two biggest differences on it. All right. So guiding with clients and stuff, what would be your good? Your like we'll say for a dry field, and you say you kind of hunt them the same, so that's going to be kind of easy with the spread. What is like your go to spread, uh, and does it change on different days? You know, due to overcast and uh, the bluebird days. So if if I got a good wind, if I got a good wind, I'm going a sock silo full body spread. And 
I've kind of saw this year with the wind, especially with speckle bellies with socks. If I was hunting a 15 to like 20 mile an hour wind and those socks started to go real, real crazy, I'd get birds flare. And then I'd kind of like thin out my socks and just not have that much movement. And it, it helped. So if I got a good wind, I run it all because I think a blend of all of them adds more realism to your uh, decoy spread. Yeah. yeah. Now, how big of a spread do you think? Like, yeah, let's put um, so so when we do this, let's put like a visual out there. So like like Joe said, I mean, how big? What does your spread look out? I mean, how spread out are you spreading them? Um, and then um, I guess like where you're um, oriented to all these spreads. Okay, so the way I usually start my spread is uh, we'll say we're hunting the edge. So I found a good spot on on a dry rice field it's got a good edge on it and i got some taller grass where we could tuck layouts in okay so got my hide we get our hide in boom that looks good okay and say we're hunting the uh the north end of this field and we got a north wind coming right at our back so it, it's perfect it's set up so what i'm gonna do with that is i'm gonna find whichever decoy i have the most of whether it's socks silos or full bodies and i use that to set the skeleton of my spread so I'll go in there with those and set kind of where I want like the spread to be. And then I'll come in behind or get a guy to come in behind me with either silos or socks or full bodies and start putting it in. And then, so that way, like you mix them evenly. So you don't, you, so like, instead of you say here, you go set up the socks over here and you go set up the, the full bodies over here. And then by the time you get done, you got mostly socks on this side and then mostly full bodies on the other side. If you kind of do it like that, you'll mix it. And then so what I'll do is once I do that, like I set my skeleton. So like say I'm using full bodies as my skeleton. I'll go out and put like full bodies and pods of like three to four kind of spread out and 10 to, to 15 yards apart. And as in like little family groups. And then I'll go in with those other decoys and fill in. So then you have that uniformity of all different types of decoys in your spread. And the bigger... I'd say the bigger your spread gets, the longer like I'll stretch it out. So if I'm running, if I'm running, hmm, let's see, running like 10 dozen or so, I'll kind of stretch it to like 50 to 75 yards out. And you know, where, where you want to kill them, you make it a little denser and kind of like shorten yeah. up the distance of your, of your uh, family groups. But I'll like these family groups like downwind up to my, up to my, kill hole okay and then so uh, here's a, here's a big big question is and especially for guys who are new speckle belly hunters um or even trying to dabble with it how how important is it is it and how important is the calling um in speckle belly hunting versus let's say duck hunting or do you I feel how important call. is it yeah it is it is so like the amount of calling and the amount of calling that you can like, or different types of call you can do on a spec call isn't really like relevant. It's if you can do it proficiently. I've yeah. never seen one like ducks, ducks. I've squeaked on a duck call and like, uh -huh. they've kind of been like, ah, they give you that. Yeah. Like, I don't like that, that wing flutter and kind of pick up, but then you hit another note and they'll come back. If I, if, a, if you flare a spec on a spec call, it's that uh, it's going to have this one guy. <laughs> I have this one guy that I hunt with, and he's like, he says, I can make him fly. He's like, yeah, I can make him fly. Because every time I pull up that spec call, they fly the other way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you ain't talking about me like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so, yeah, I mean, we've had guests like Hayden Richard on the thing and, you know, on the podcast saying that there's two types of spec callers. There's a finesse caller. And like the you know the guys that just hammer them you know all the way to the ground, um, you know what one what would you consider yourself? I'd say so since I started doing the traffic, I when I was running like those bigger spreads, especially just hunting one person or yeah hunting one person calling, um, it would be the the calling them to the ground. Like I, I saw when we would run bigger bigger spreads with one person calling. If I let up calling, except if they were like right over top, you know, 
what yeah. I always do with them is I, I, it's a swing with them. So you're, you're working a group of birds, right? And I'm hammering, hammering, hammering. They're cupped up. They're a little too high to shoot, but they're cupped up and they're coming at me. I'll stop calling. Let them get over me. And what I found out this year, let them get like 20 or 30 yards behind you, just going past you. Like they're, they're gone. And then like hit them with a couple clucks, like real fast clucks to get them excited or whatever note or note yodel they're making. Like if he's making the, a two note, make a real high two note. And I've found that when you let them get further away, it lets them drop elevation easier by the time they get to you. So like if you do it when they like right when they go right past you, he's such a big bird, right? He's got a turn drop, and by the time he drops, he's over the decoys. But if you let him get further out and hit him, he drops out there and then comes over you back to the decoys at a good height. Yeah. Joe, you good, man? Yeah, I'm good. Joe, I'm Joe looks like he's like falling asleep over here. <laughs> no, I'm just looking. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping through what he called uh, unpicks. Um. So yeah, onion, onion picks. Hunt, hunting picks. I hunting was about picks. to say. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> onion picks. Yeah, um, onion picks. I know what onion picks is. Yeah. So. So you got that. I mean, so what do you prefer? And what's easier to read the birds in? Would it would it be the pit or the layout blinds? I like the pits for yeah, that's right. Clients, I like the pits for clients, and the reason is so for specs really draw to the call, which I've seen they like really, really, really want to hit your call, like where your call is. Yeah, so I always put like a few calling birds by me, not a ton, but I usually do like. I'm running a big, big spread. I'll put a dozen or so kind of trickled out close. Yeah. Um, but I've always found them want to get over. And what I've seen, like they want, they're, they're looking for that sound. They want to land on that sound. So they get over top of you. And the problem I have with layouts a lot of times is when they fly right over the backs and it just gets unsafe. The, with guys who, like who don't hunt a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unsafe. You don't know which way the guy's going to turn. So you turn the yeah. guys turning towards each other. And then that could just something bad happen. So I just never call the shot on those. Uh, it kind of sucks. Guys kind of get mad about it, but it's better to be safe. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of why I like pits because I'll get him working. I'll be like, Hey guys, he's, He's coming from the back. Y'all turn around and face this way. Just try not to move much. And then I'll tell him to turn like as that bird's going backwards. And then I'll hit that note I was telling you about to make him turn back. Yeah. And they'll already they'll already be sitting waiting. And I'll just get my hand on a lid and get ready. Yeah. So what's that note that you're talking about you'll hit? Can we hear it? Like it's it, just something something to get them excited. Just like, oh, okay. like a just I thought a couple, it was like a, a secret like bucks. like oh. there goes yeah yeah i'll I'll just get them i'll get them kind of here i got my car right here too i'll get them like kind of just real excited (laughs) (laughs) and either hit that two note yodel is that five eight turn them no that's the dude i hunted i switched completely to the three fourths once i got it and started blowing it i was hunting with my buddy and i was like hey just sit here all day. I'm going to switch between the two calls. Just tell me like which one you think. And like, he's like, I was like, don't look. I'm just like, I'll tell you which call I'm blowing. He's yeah. like, definitely call two. And that was the, uh, the three fourths. And I've, I've hunted it the rest of the season. To be honest with you, I started killing a lot more birds when I Bro, switched to it. I'm telling you, go email. And he's probably, he's probably listening to this and probably hating me for it. Go email or get a hold of uh, old Bill Daniels over at um, uh, Riceland and tell him that you heard Joe's um, uh, three fourths, the three fourths shorty that you want because he he has he has a couple that he'll he'll trickle out. But that I shorty saw post on Instagram. Though. Yeah, yeah, bro, that, you're gonna start some, Joe. <laughs> it's so much more snappier, and I can. You can get the notes out so much faster. Can, can you do like light air and get it to turn over? Because I want the only thing 
I don't, I haven't found a spec call that does is low, low, like low notes where you can get real. Oh, dude, quiet. that, that yeah. that's the, the one I was using when we were hunting, the, um, the half cut. The half. Yeah. But can you do it with the shorty? No, uh, those low, those low, real soft notes. No, because it's still yeah. three, uh, three fourth gut. But I mean, yeah. with that shorty, I'm gonna have to shorty with the, um, the half cuts. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't take much air at all. I mean, I mean, he's heard me blow it when we're when we're spec hunting. But yeah, I think that's man. That's probably my favorite call to hunt with is that half gut. We lose him? Is he back? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you, you, you did, leave? did we lose you for a second? Yeah, we lost you for a second there. Oh, no. I mean, I was on. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you hear that half gut? Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah. I think I'm. Yeah, just, so, I mean, I'm yeah that half gut. Yeah, that that shorty I like. I switched when I left Arkansas, went back down here. Um, that's when I started. I mean, I finished the season out with a with a short, with a three four short and a, a half cut. Especially like for me, when, when they kind of get close, I'll drop that three fourth and I'll move to a half cut just to kind of because I can get so so low on it and so soft when you because um, when you when you showed me those those, those um. Those collar decoys, that's where I kind of – I mean, I, I definitely use that for the rest of the season down here. So I I actually switched back to all specs and started doing a little bit better at that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I had one I had one good dry field hunt that I did. It was the – Second to last day of the season, I ran out for for two days, and we went into the we went into a little cypress slough, or kind of like a cypress pond to duck hunt. Yeah. And it was about eight thirty, and we had like three or four birds kind of come by. I was like, man, I could hear geese all over. I was like, I don't know about y'all, but I don't think this is gonna happen. Y'all want to get set up for the afternoon goose hunt, so. Uh, two guys go ride around scout, look for ducks for the next morning. And me and my dad go back to lodge and grab some breakfast. And like, we already had a spread set out the night before. Yeah. Killed like out there. And I was looking and out the window of the lodge and there was just geese flying all over it. And so I was like, dad, grab whatever you need to grab. And hey, him and I, we go run out there. We have six birds down 15 minutes. So I had a group like way out in front and got them out of there so we could start hunting. And as like they got up and took off and then all of a sudden we look and I got a group of like 50, 60 coming right at me. And it's just yeah. my dad in there. And we both pull up on the, <laughs> we do it every time. We both picked the one lead barbell and we both pulled him at the same time. And I think that's everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we both picked it. And then he pulls off and shoots one on the side. I shoot one off, this, off to the side. And then two minutes later, we get a group of like 50 snows to come into the decoys. We knock down, I knock down two. He knocks down one, his gun jammed. And so then we had, I had another single spec come in shot it and finished our limit like that and then we just started busting guys in i think we shot like a seven man oh damn that's nice so those spe- those snows they just came into the spec without any snows in there so i had actually no that was the one that was the one spread that i did kill some birds over uh i had some dog bombs still over there yeah off to the side so if you had a pick you know you know you know, this one's kind of geared to like the, the newer spec hunter. Yeah. If you had to pick between socks, silos, or full bodies, and and I'll even throw depending on water level, those full bodies in, you know, we'll say in floaters, depending on it, the water level. Right? What would you say that you would prefer over? I I know me, you talked a lot about this. I say throw a mixture of all three. 
But you know, for yeah. the guys that are just smart starting out, um, which ones would you prefer, and how many of them? I think you could kill a lot of specs with with two dozen full bodies. If you had two dozen, I, I know that's like kind of that's in the pricey range. Yeah, but <clears throat> that's like I'm talking about day in day out. Like that that's going to put a good bit of burden in the ground. But I think you can get away, like, if you're going to run a, just a really big spec spread, I think you can get away with two dozen, if you combine just two, two dozen full bodies and two or three dozen silos, and you're silos. Good, good. Like, that's a big, that's a good spread. You can, you can trap some birds with that. Now, would you, would you rather have silos or socks? What'd you say? Would you rather have silos or socks? Silos. Silos. See, I prefer socks. Yeah. Just, I really like them just because I really like the movement that those socks give sometimes. Yeah, I love the reason why I say silos over socks is because I had some days where the wind was just ripping. Uh-huh. And when I pulled the socks, when I pulled the socks and doing all that crazy dancing. Yeah, the unnatural movement. Birds. Like yeah. they're all like hang they're hanging out 30, 40 yards, like before the kill hole, you know, it's like, oh, there's yeah. like high wind days running low, low. I got out and checked my hide a hundred times. My hide was, our hide was really, really good. And I pulled those socks out. And then as soon as I did that next group, right in the decoys. Yeah. yeah. Good I think, I think too, it also limits you because if you don't have a high wind, I mean, um, kind of limited, but. Um, it's uh, not. The socks, they depend so I will on say this, I, I, Yeah, I was about to say that. It depends on the socks. So the socks you have, they pretty much stay up if they're not. Yeah, because the, like, but, I'll say the, those Tangle Freeze have like a little internal yeah, they uh, have like a, frame in uh, them. A little wire frame. I've seen, that, I've seen socks that are basically, they'll go limp. And I, I saw them up here in uh, the couple guys hunting in North Texas. They had socks. And they, I mean, if there was no wind, they were, they were just limp. So, but. I mean, that's kind yeah, of go ahead. that's kind of what I was thinking, Chris. Was exactly what you're saying. Even like they do stay open, like because I ran the Tangle Free at Specs, and I love them. They got a good yeah. clock head and everything. And if I had good wind, if I had probably five miles, five miles an hour or more, I'd put them out there. <clears throat> I'd definitely put them out there. But if I didn't, they just looked weird. And then I guess since we're kind of going on like the negatives of decoys, I would say silos. Sometimes I've found with the problems with them is sun and wind. So high winds, when they get that, like if you don't push them down all the way, and that's the problem yeah. sometimes you have when, when you're hunting with guys you haven't done before, you're like, all right, look, stick them in the ground like this. But if you don't really explain to them, like, hey, this thing has to be straight up and down all the way in the ground. Like you just kind of show them real quick, like, hey, put this in about every every five to six steps away from each decoy face a different direction yeah. kind yeah. of look back at the thread and one will be half sideways and catching the sun and, and uh giving a good shine so i'd say that's kind of the negatives of uh the of shine pillows. yeah it's like you know what i'm talking about like where they depending on brand so i will say and, and uh and you say I was about to say that yeah. the whole brand thing. So I'll let you finish, Joe, because you kind of. So like, yeah, yeah. And I'm not knocking any brands. I mean, I like. I mean, yeah. It's really weird in, in in this time of um, what do you call it? In the waterfowl. And like when I first started waterfowl, there was like there was, you know, when I was a kid, kid, you know, going out of the pop gun type shit with my dad. There was certain brand. I mean, you 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 were limited to what you can get, right? Uh, Cabela shells. There's the you know the deep decoys, but I think with now, um, you know, like you're saying with the sun, uh, I really like those um, those real geese spec decoys. I, I remember you know you hopped on with us with the on that Instagram live shot. Um, those I will say, I think the glare they get off is like a two percent glare. Of what they give, yeah. I yeah. like the reload. They look good. I have some. I have some Canada decoys. Yeah, yeah. They have a. No. Wait, they have like a patented. Uh, yeah, they have a patented that felt. helps that glare or whatever. Yeah, 
I mean, now there is some, there is some give to take that. I mean, with, with that uh, felt, yeah. does get it gets kind of mucked up a little bit if you're hunting like the Arkansas, the Louisiana, Missouri conditions. Uh, I mean, they are, you know, no knocking them. I mean, it is what it is. You know, they're the northern. They hunt those northern states where, you know, they strictly field hunt. So it's I mean, mm-hmm. it's a little more I call it, a little more cleaner. When they you know, when they hunt, they're not hunting like the sloppy mud and the the, the, the yuck mar- uh, marshes and water that we're hunting down here. But I will say too, even when like variety, I mean, I think variety helps a lot too with those. So, um, but what is you know, your like, favorite brand of decoys there? We're just talking on decoys to use for full body socks. So, for uh, give us you know, give us all of them. So for for Silas, the only t- I've used big owls and and dive bombs. Yeah. And the only reason why I say those two out in Arkansas over the real geese is because of the stakes. That metal stake in the mud compared to the wood stake in the mud, mm-hmm. way easier to clean metal stake. Metal stake has a little more give to the mud. It's like yeah. suction when stuff goes in there and then for for socks i'm gonna have to go dive bomb and the only reason i i like the tangle freeze i really like their spine system they mm-hmm. have a better spine system on keeping everything open but the dive bombs are so easy on the collapse like to break them down you just pop yeah it down, pop it down. tangle freeze have that button when your hands are cold when cold. your hands are cold that thing <laughs> sucks I yeah. ain't a lot. I think it's horrible when your hands are cold. Trading those little two buttons. Dude, it's awful. Like, and then you're scraping, you're scraping against that metal spine. You're like, oh my God, this sucks. Oh yeah. I had many days. Just like yeah. taking it like up. Oh. That's the only reason why I say that. And then let's see, whole body. Um I saw so I I saw these hardcores I really like this year that I'm with some guys that I hunted with. Yeah. I'm, looking at so i'm running tangle freeze right now they're a good decoy but i really want something with a little bit more realism for full body tangle free as fillers like they do they do fine you can kill birds over them no problem but i've been looking at something like a can't go dave smith don't have a don't have that that funding yeah i think i'm gonna go uh, i like the avian x dude i like the avian avian x everything is nice like i you know, and I, and I, I use, if you look at my, my decoy spread, it's kind of a mixture. I have GHGs, AVN X, uh, Tangle Freaks. I've been, you know, I mean, they could get expensive though. Yeah, I can be sapping with them. But yeah, AVN X is expensive, but I will say, cause, you know, I'm a, um, people make fun of me for this, but how sometimes how we spec hunt, I'll wood duck hunt. I'll target wood ducks kind of the same way that, you know, we spec hunt. And it's, and it's worked for me down here in Louisiana. And I think like, I really love like the Avian X wood duck. Well, I mean, that oh, thing dude. is probably the most realistic looking wood duck decoy on the market. Oh, the head on it's great. I love it. I love it. I, that's yeah. my, but when I, when I come around here and hunt, like in Georgia and stuff, what I do is I'll run three or four of those on a jerk cord and maybe like a mallard or two off to the side. Yeah. My spread. You know, it's funny, Eric, down here in Louisiana, like early season, and Chris has seen it, I yeah. have a huge wood duck spread, like strict wood duck spread, and there's, there's certain cypress sloughs, and the wood ducks get pretty thick in, and I'll, like, I almost run traffic on them, like, I was doing, like, like, like uh, I'm doing Canada geese or something, and it's, but people don't, people don't believe until they yeah. see it, but it works. Well, and I, I've actually, like, to caveat that, I've actually seen, like, People talking about, oh, you can't do this with wood ducks or you can't do that. I was like, I don't know, but I've seen it. I'm telling you, I've seen it. And I mean, not to be biased, but I've seen it. And um, I think I, I fell in love. Well, I enjoy wood duck hunting. Um, and I, that's probably my favorite spot to or my my favorite uh, bird to hunt in the timber. So. But yeah, man, it, it's it's different. It's funny that you're uh, how you talked about uh, Cypress Slough and the yeah. Canada geese. I shot yeah. Canada in the Cypress Slough this year in Arkansas. Yeah. Like in, in North Carolina, we, we'd shoot them in, in the Cypress Sloughs. 
you know that picture I sent you of all those mallards we shot in Arkansas? Yeah. And that's that same hole I shot at Canada. There, uh, there's it was a pair of them. They were just like, there's a big lake kind of off to the side of the slough. And yeah. Flying load. These, I mean, he came in right over me at at like 15 yards, right, right through the hole, and I was shooting boss number five with my 20 gauge. One shot of them down. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, those boss number fives will do the job. Um, I like uh, what do you call? What do you call? I um that that that, that banded bird I showed you that shot in Nebraska. That was with a boss number five shorty, uh, two and three fours. One shot, boom. If they're in twenty five, you can knock them no problem. I think, I think I'm gonna shoot straight threes out of my twenty next year. I shot the yeah. three fives for for specs, and once I got my pattern, like a lot of times. I'd shoot them once, and I'd be like, "Oh, what the heck!" And I have to shoot. That'd be like two shots, and then I kind of yeah. got the lead down, and it got a little bit better. But I think I'm just going to switch to all threes, just so, like uh, we talked about on the last podcast, uh, shooting at birds that are crippled going down, but they're going to sail like 400 yards. Yeah, I'm trying to knock a little bit closer, yeah. so you reduce the risk of losing it and save a little more running for you and the dog yeah so now that we're on like shells and, and stuff like that so what is your favorite shell to actually shoot off of for like specs and then and then choke if if you if if that so <laughs> i lost i lost my d clip to my super black eagle probably a month left of the season so i switched uh-huh. over to my 20 game and I got a 20 gauge M2 and uh-huh. I had boss three fives and that's what I was shooting. So I'd shoot the boss fives for, for ducks and then the three fives for, for geese. And I really, those three fives, I got a shot cam too. And I got a bunch of footage on my nice. shot cam shooting that stuff is, it's pretty good. It, 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 cr- it crushes them. Like if, if you get on them good within 20, 25 to 30 yards, that stuff is, is deadly. Like dead yeah. bad. I stand by it's a really good product. Oh yeah, I mean, so I just got a case of Boss in the mail today or yesterday of uh, the Stinger, the number eight Bismuth. I mean, that's what I'm using. I'm gonna use that for teal season this year. See, that's what I was. So I was thinking about getting. I was either gonna get the sevens. I think I was gonna get the sevens because I want to get the sevens for teal season, and then I also want to get them for the timber. I think yeah, that and the timber is no no problem at all. Now I've shot tungsten and Chris was with me, so you can vouch for this. I was shooting tungsten um black cloud number nines in the timber. And bro, it was like lights out at 25 yards on duck on ducks. Like I'm talking about when when they're backpedaling, it was just like I mean, I mean, I know Chris knows his day. Um it was a day that he kind of got a little upset in the timber. But you know, oh, he was yeah, he was shooting steel, and I was shooting that that those tungsten, and I mean they are pricey. I mean I ain't gonna lie, it cost me ten for ten shells, it cost me almost forty bucks. But when I hit them, it was like there was they were just like just laying. They they didn't they just folded, no movement, no nothing. They were just there, floating. This was this the one that uh, you limited out on wood ducks in like forty five minutes or less or something like that. Yeah, it was that, that first group that yeah. came in. Uh, and that, that was the one that, yeah, that was the one I lost in the back where they had the yeah. the climb stands up there, mm-hmm. which is another topic. It's crazy, you guys hunting out there in climb stands in the in the timber for ducks. So, yeah, tree pretty, stands. Yeah, yeah tree stands. I've never done it, but I, yeah, there's guys out here that hunt the tree stands. Yeah. But so, do are you when you're using a boss sharp? Are you using a choke or are you just using factory? So. On my 20 gauge, I'm using factory modified. This summer, I'm going to start doing some experimenting with shots, and and I think I'm going to get a couple different chokes. I'm debating yeah. if I want to send my gun to Rob Roberts. I really want to send it to Rob Roberts. I want to get a, my forcing cone increased, and then I want to get a bigger uh, slammer button yeah. on the side. So... Here's a two-part question for you. Oh, go ahead. My bad, Sharp. Go ahead. 
Oh, I I wanted to. Uh, I don't have a dip barrel, so I wanted to get my barrel dips. Oh, nice. And maybe get some of his chokes and pattern pattern some stuff in really good. Yeah, dude, Rod Roberts is such a good job. I mean, you know, he hails out of Arkansas. No, was the Northeast Arkansas he hails out of? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a little more towards Central. Central, but, yeah, uh, but from Walnut like Ridge, he, uh, some of his know. finishes, some of his finishes on those guns are just super neat, and super, super. I mean, I mean, you don't think about it. And man, like, uh, I haven't hunted too much timber in Arkansas. But when you start getting down here, Louisiana, um, if you have black on your gun, it's it's gonna get rust, man. Especially you know during teal season. Or hunting these saltwater marshes, and um, I think he, you know, he, some of the finishes he has, the way they, you know, the way they look, and um, just the actual durability of them really can um, put some years on your gun for uh, longevity. I I love that finish. I I think I want to just get my barrel done that like tan finish he has. Yeah, do the barrel. Yeah. So I like the black on the gun on the plastic. I think that mm-hmm. looks good. Let's get that barrel done that like desert sand color. Yeah. So what chokes are you looking to get? You think, or besides besides this, what is this T series? So, yeah. So that's that's kind of what I was looking at. Because I remember listening to y'all's podcast with. Uh, Lee Chose on here, and he was saying about the pattern masters with the uh, was it the gas rings on them? Yeah, how they kind of like fracture your shot. And you know what? I was kind of seeing that with my pattern master. Um, so I want to get like a, a smooth, fully smooth one. So I think I might look into the his T series because then yeah. you can like get the, the kit of all three. Like, the one yes, I'm still up in the air about that because like. One of my best hunts I've had, I mean, I, I, you know, or some of my best shots I have uh, was canvas back hunting out here in um, Catahoula. And I was using the shorty number fives with a code black goose. And I was making just, um, I mean, awesome kill shots on these canvas backs. And then, you know, we, we talked to him about it. And he's like, I mean, I mean, the, the man knows what he's talking about, but I was like, man, it's, it's kind of weird. Like, I was like, one of my best shots on some birds or, you know, pattern master um, with that code. But I mean, it's even, uh, what was it? I've used, um, have you ever looked at the Anaconda series of the pattern master? Yes, I have. Now, I'll, I will tell you, you got to be careful with, I mean, just, uh, yeah. with Chris. Yeah. Yeah. I almost blew, like, yeah, that long range. Anaconda with that boss is such a tight pattern. Like I'm, I, I, that I put a baseball hole. Wasn't in, close. That bird was. It's about thirty yards. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, shooting away from it too. It it wasn't yeah. like it was going against your, um, your shot. So. Yeah, it um, went away quarter. I mean, I put a baseball hole in his chest. But it was kind of like, well, I mean, it was funny. It, it made good looking pictures, funny pictures, but definitely wasn't an eater. It's funny that you say that about the code black goose because that's exactly what I run in my black eagle when I shoot the shorty fives. And like you said, 70 yard, like 70 yard shots, like it's like, oh, that bird's hit. He's getting out of here. And then you just pull up with that last one to shoot and just knock it dead. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I may not change it because it it shoots pretty good. If I want to try to mess with this, I'm trying to make this little 20 gauge. Yeah, real. Look at the um, look at the Pattern Master uh, Black Cloud series. Those are all smooth bore constriction chokes. That's what I when me and you were hunting up in um, Arkansas. That's what I was using with the boss. Was uh, because I was bouncing back from boss. I'll, all the when we were duck hunting, I shot boss the shorties. Then when we went over and when we did that speckle belly hunt, I was using uh, Black Cloud. Um, number twos. So yeah, the the, the Powder Master Black Cloud. That's a constriction smooth board choke. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I actually like that. I'm I'm with uh, Sharp. I like the the Code Black Goose, man. I, that's what I strictly hunted all season minus that teal season we went down in uh, Lackison, Joe. We hunted. Uh, I used the Code Black Duck, but yeah, and I I love that. I love I love that goose. I, love, I mean, man, I was shooting birds like easy at you know at within thirty yard thirty yards. So. Um, so but, sharp, it, it's funny you said you're using a 20 gauge. So let's say we, uh, me and Chris are coming down as you know clients that you've never hunted with before. Uh, what would you recommend us to use, uh, shot size and gauge wise? I'd say just the best all around would be a 12 gauge, and then just shoot number twos. Twos. That's probably going to be your most readily available shell. Cause like you talk to guys, like I always, I always tell people about boss, you know, and, but a lot of guys, they're not gonna, they're not gonna put that preparation into before the season to get boss. Yeah. Like, Hey, you got to get on here at 10 AM and order these. They'll probably be out and they're like, Oh, that's just too much work. I'll just go to the store and buy them. So I just say, just get number twos because you don't have to switch shells between ducks and geese. You can knock down both of them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll shoot twos. Um, I, 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 I'm also a fan of three-inch threes. I think that's a, you know, kind of like a happy meeting for everything. So you know what? I'm gonna shoot next year for uh, for on the rice field, even out of my 12 gauge. I'm gonna shoot three fives. Three fives. Ones. I like those mixed ones though. The blood, the blended. Funny, mm-hmm. and I like them. I like them a lot. So I think that's what I'm on. Uh, I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna get a case of threes for my twenty, just for for goose hunting, and I could probably either a case of like sevens or fives, and then mm-hmm. I'll get a case of uh, three fives for my for my twelve gauge, just for kind of for you, geese and ability on yeah. the on the rice fields. It's a good load for for geese and ducks. Yeah, I like them blended ones. I I'm pretty sure that bluebill I shot was with one of your blended ones, Joe. Um, the boss ones. I don't. I don't shoot boss blended. I shoot either strictly fives or six, or when they had the sixes. Yeah, they don't have. I know they don't have the sixes no more. Yeah, I shoot, yeah. I think you might have shot sixes back there because that was what two, three years yeah, ago. Yeah, it might have been. It might have been. Yeah, it was. Sixes, it was yeah. number six. I when boss had now they do have sixes, but they have them in the stinger loads. Have you seen those stinger loads, um, sharp? So is it? Is it less shot, more powder? No, it's it's more shot, less powder. It's uh, or it's an ounce load. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. So it's it's meant for shooting stuff close. It's like good yeah. close in shot. If you yeah. more, it's giving you pellets, but you're not put throwing out as much. Yeah. Well, don't they sponsor as like a dove loader sometimes or something like that? Uh, oh, I mean, they have them from. Number eights is the smallest you can go, and they all have them all up to number twos. Yeah. But they have them in eights, seven, sixes, five, four, three, twos. Um, I bought that case of eights for um for the teal season. I'll be when me and you hunt teal sharp this, this year. I'll be that's what I'll be using. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I think I'm gonna get a case of those sevens. You yeah. come to Louisiana sharp? Yeah, I'll be down there guiding for the season. Oh, nice man. Well, I'll be down there so. But um, yeah, we definitely got to link up. Yeah, dude, like I said, that I give you another. I did a teal episode back in the day. I will tell you, teal hunting is probably my favorite. That's the time season really got to me this last couple of years. I mean, it was fun, man. When we, it was me, you, and uh, Myers. Yeah, uh, like it, it. It was fun. I enjoyed it, even though. Even for the season the way it was, I mean, I enjoy the teal season. So, I love it. It's one of my it's one of my favorite times to shoot ducks. Yeah, like for duck, I'd pick two duck hunting scenarios that are my favorite. Definitely mallards in the timber. That's really hard to beat. But then blue wing teal hunting is definitely up there, just because of the way the birds work. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Birds. beginning of the year, we go shoot doves the week before. Kind of like the the kickoff to to the city yeah down the south. Well, this so, man, year, like, like dub and teal kind of intermixed. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, I think it does everywhere. I mean, yeah. Well, I, I want to say they start the same weekend this no, year. No, no, not Chelsea really, yeah. start I mean, not in Texas. Not in Texas. Yeah, I believe most states in the South dub is the first weekend in September. Yeah, and that's how it Teal is in Texas. Is, yeah, and then Teal comes in that following weekend. So I always go down yeah. the big shoot down by Macon, Georgia. We go shoot a big sunflower field, and then that's kind of like the kickoff and get excited, and then go yeah. down to the start shooting shooting ducks. So that's, I, that's what I'm gonna do with uh, Joe this season again down here in Texas in the sunflower field. Uh, yeah, dude, I need you. I'll tell you what. Yeah. If I had Bro, to you pick one, one bird to hunt the rest of my life, and I love everyone down here knows I love duck hunting. Uh, well, a lot of people don't know is. I gave up duck hunting for a bit to pheasant hunt. I got real yeah, into that's pheasant what I was about hunting. To say. I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, pheasant hunting was definitely uh, a passion of mine for almost ten years. Uh, I mean, I, I duck hunted still, but I dove, I pheasant hunted. But I, I mean, that's the first thing I ever shot wing on the on the wing was a dove. I, mean, I mm-hmm. love and dove hunting. Dude, doves taste so good. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, they eat so well. Yes, I have. I've smoked. I mean, I've done smoked poppers on the on yeah. on a on a, on a smoker. Uh, yeah, I've definitely. I mean, I've smoked. I've smoked them. Uh, just the, you know, the duck breast, the duck breast, and the wrapped in bacon. Yeah, but yeah, they are definitely yeah. good. Gumbo out of them. That was really good. Oh, you did gumbo out of them? Yeah, really. Yeah, right. ever Listen. since I ever since I've lived in Louisiana, I feel if you know how to cook gumbo, you can cook gumbo out of anything. Yeah, you can cook gumbo oh, yeah. out of you can cook gumbo out of if yeah, you know say, how to cook gumbo. My, my favorite gumbo. We have some in the freezer. Meg made a big pot. Um, that wood duck oh, gumbo. No, she made wood duck teal, green wing teal oh, gumbo. Man. That wood duck gumbo f- she that she made when I was down there, bro. Yeah, I need to get a recipe. Yeah, she yeah she really knows how to do. Cook, cook that wood uh, like gumbo. But um, I guess uh, I guess my last two things actually was actually really curious um, for sharp sharp uh, two questions. So the first one, as you're getting ready for next season, what is? And I know we heard a little bit about your off season. You're gonna go ahead and pattern some of these uh, chokes and shots and see how they are. What? How are you getting ready as far as patterning, whether it be clays or whatever it may be for next season? What do you actually do? So I'd say the biggest thing would be is I try to I try to at least call like once a week, just pick up my call and mess with it for at least fifteen minutes. Like if more than that if I can, just so I can stay yeah. on a call. And then like you said, I, in the summers of like every probably two or three weeks I can try to go hit a sporting clays course or I have a little trap course close to uh, close to the house. So I'll Can you guys shoot pigeon in Georgia? Yeah, we can, but we don't really have them. Like, we'll get them uh, on the dove field. But where I'm from, there's not much ag not and much. stuff. So I kind of got to travel to hunt. But you can go get them on dairy farms and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's not much much going on for, like, shit, wing shooting in the off-season. Um, mm-hmm. And another thing I'll do is I'll train my dog. Um, I'm getting another puppy and in may so i'll kind of be messing with it a little bit this summer so i'll be working up another dog and then just kind of getting gear like fixing broke gears going over inventory kind of on everything making sure everything's good to go and then kind of making a wish list i guess of what i think i need what i don't really need what i want for next year yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that wish list man i'm horrible at it and I think in the first season I uh, I got into a uh, waterfowl with Joe. My wife like wanted. I mean, I think she put a hit list on Joe for a yeah. little bit, but it, it was it was bad. But um, I mean, I tried keeping you under budget, but you kind of <laughs> went off the chain. So yeah, yeah but, I, mean, I mean, I'm the same way. My, my needless, I mean, my, my want list turns into my needless pretty quick. But for an, a new spec hunter, and let's say, you know, I'm always gonna say. This is me. If you're a new waterfowl hunter and you're getting into the game, I would always say, hey, your first season, try to go a couple times with guides. 
especially like guys like with Sharp and all them, because and, you know, on spoon depending where you're at, uh, you know, I have my my go to guys when, when I'm when I'm pointing people out. A uh, Spoonbill Adventures, my my buddy G out there. Yeah, because I know that they're, they're quality guys, even with with you know quality guides, because they're you know you're paying for the gear, you're paying for the land, you're paying for the knowledge, but you're gaining so much. I mean, it's like a a crash course of hunting when you're going with a good outfitter. But the guys who kind of already done that, they kind of know what they're doing. Kind of, you know, it's a second, third season, and they want to start getting to the spec hunting, you know, really bad to spec. What are the top five gear? You know, it could be, you know, decoy shotguns, calls. Bro, you and, took um, my question um, out of my mouth, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what are the top five things you, you need to say hey, for a new spec hunter? This is what you need to be successful. Okay. Number one, I'd probably say get a good call that you're fluent on. Like, that's what I'd say would be number one, get down. What would you recommend call-wise? I've only really blown the Vendettas, Ricelands, and the RNT. Uh I like the Vendettas good. I like the Vendetta. The Vendetta is very similar to the Riceland. I personally so for for a beginner for a beginner hunter, what do you think is going to be easiest for them? Um, so I'd probably start with for budget wise the Riceland Poly Call. Yes, I was about to say the same thing. The the spec calls are weird. So like with duck calls, you can kind of like there's a a a tier, B tier, C tier, D tier. I've seen with like spec calls, it goes from like D to D to C to A. There's like there's a big jump in the sounds that you get out of the calls for like the price that you pay. And that's kind of like the thing. Like if you're gonna get into it, you're you're gonna kind of need to. I'd say that poly call, like that poly call, can get it done. No problem. Yeah. It sounds, you can make calls. It makes sounds like it sounds good, but it doesn't quite have that like ring that the acrylic yeah. calls have. But it, it sounds good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, like it's that. a five eight gut uh, call. Yeah, and, and use it when people a lot of people it uses the same gut system. It's just in the, in, yeah. in the poly uh, in certain barrel. Yeah, it's just that that poly is a uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but that poly's a little softer. It yeah, it, yeah, it, it it gives you a absorbed sound a little more than the um, that acrylic does. Yeah, it doesn't use that sharp that you know that that real sharp um, bounce back that acrylic would give you. So I'd say that would be one, and then two. Um, depending on what you're doing, like so, say. You're you're leasing a pit in Arkansas. You're shooting. You're good on duck call. You're shooting ducks. You kind of want to start getting specs. You don't see a ton. Like you're not trying to truly target them, but you want to try to kill like a few. I think a dozen full bodies would be fine. Like if you can kind of set out a dozen full bodies behind you, uh, that that should get you going right. Like you can you can decoy big flocks with that, but like most of the time, you know, with that side spread, you're you're targeting the the, the ones and twosies, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, would you on that water? Would you ever? Would you ever go floaters over um, full bodies? Uh, it all depends on where you're hunting and what you're hunting. So, right. I I have I personally have two dozen floaters, and if the water was high enough to where I was hunting, and I could run them out there, then yeah, I was putting them out there. And I'd mix yeah. them in with my spread, because then, especially if the wind was blowing, it'd give me good, it gave me good motion. Because like with specs, like I said, they like a, there's like an in between of too much motion and then like not enough motion. Yeah. And, but I think if you're especially for for hunting specs like in, in rice, I guess that's kind of where you're mostly going to see them too. Is that full body? Most of the time, you can put it everywhere. You can put it in your dry field. Most of the time, you can put it in your in your flooded field, depending on how high your water is. But a lot of times, in the fields you're hunting, they're they're low enough to to put a, a full body in. So that's why I would say full body. 
right. Um, what's, your, what's your other three? Number three, I would definitely say, like, getting something good for concealment or knowing, learning your concealment. And I guess it's, like, kind of not something you can have, but I'd say, like, something in your arsenal is your hiding, man. You got to hide, hide, hide. Like, just either putting your your brush on your pit really good and getting it covered up um, and just kind of making sure there's not a big black hole when they fly over. I think once yeah. they come over, something drops and there's just like, it goes just flat ground, kind of just that tan color to dark and then flat again. It's, I, I think that makes them nervous. And like even with layout blind, especially if you're trying to call to get something that's a little roomy for you so you can kind of move your elbows and yeah. wiggle your blind so you can see the birds. Um, have you ever hunted out of uh, A-frames for geese? Yeah, actually, uh, that hunt where we shot that seven-man, we were in an A-frame. And I I don't know how we did it because from the front side of the blind, like when you're like two, 300 yards away, the way we had it angled and the way the sun was, um, we put it like on the edge of a of a dugout levee. So we were hunting we were hunting over a over a little farm road and we mm-hmm. put our A frames back up on on like the ditch in the levee where the tall grass was, and then we kinda ran our decoys into the road a little bit. Yeah. And from far off it was like a black hole. Just so with those A frames you really gotta get your angling right for what the sun with shadows and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I guess that would, you could be kind of add to it too. It's like, know, know how to use your hide, like how to, how to make it disappear naturally. Like that's the yeah. biggest thing. Like, yeah, you can pile a bunch of brush up and like make it disappear. Right. But now it just looks like a big clump of brush. The biggest thing is trying to make it fit into the landscape. Like nothing happened. Like nothing was put there. It just blends in. Yeah. So we now got, we got three down. Now what's that? Four yeah. or five? Yeah. So number four. And then, and honestly, tough. man, like I think we're. I don't want you to overthink it. I this could be anything. I this could be it. like going for a good guy to learn about spec hunting. This could be anything. I'd say good shells, especially like with guys shooting. Yeah. So would, the way running that traffic, like, yeah, every single time I want the birds, I want the birds to, like, backpedal in. But then after, like, two or three groups where they're hanging up right on the outside yeah. and shooting, and they're, after the flock goes away, after they didn't, like, do it perfect the way I want it to do, you kind of see guys start looking down the blind, looking at you. It's like, y'all want me to call that shot? And, like, they all say yes at the same time. It's like, okay, we'll shoot those. So it just kind of helps to have, to have good shells. Yeah, and then you know, so, someone started loading those monarchs in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was funny. You're not the first guy that's told me that um, Peyton Richard did the same thing. Like, uh, he always tells his guys before they come to hunt is, hey, go to Academy, go get yourself Heavy X. You know, go get yourself, a, you know, go get yourself a $40 box of shells. Because you know it's expensive, but it, in in the end, it's going to pay dividends. Well, and like with specs too, especially in Arkansas, well, and I guess in Louisiana too, most parts of the country, it's only two. Yeah. So like I, I try, you can kind of make it a gentleman hunt, you know? It's like yeah. one then okay, well why doesn't why don't we go down the line? You go up first and then back him up. You know, if he misses, everyone back him up. But yeah. you know, then you can. Re- Really pick out birds if you're getting small flocks, you know, big flocks have one pick out a bird, but yeah, smaller flocks you can kind of do that. That's pretty fun. That's what Dad and, and I kind of did. Louisiana has pushed theirs up to three now. It is three. Yes, yeah, three. We can shoot three a day. And for those California boys listening, everyone sleeps on California waterfowl. But they can shoot ten a day. I don't know if they sleep on California waterfowl. I think they sleep on California football. I think that's mm-hmm. different. Uh, speaking yeah. about football, how about them? Stop, hold, on, hold on, before we can go anywhere, yo, you're a Colts fan, Chris. Stop, stop. All right, so uh, time out. I grew up in Texas. I'm a 
Yeah, hard I, football I, I, fan I, I, more I, I, than I, I, I am in the NFL. All right, all right, listen, listen. Listen. That's like saying, hey, I'm a Jaguars fan. Cowboys suck. I at least people know I'm not a Colts fan because they're good. I've been <laughs> a Colts fan. My my dad. All right. So we'll go back to the story. All right. I grew up a Colts fan because my dad was based at Atterbury when the Colts moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis. It just the way it was my growing up in my house. Um but let let's go back. I'm a, I'm a more of a college football fan, so let, let's go back to that. But go anyways, Sharp. Go ahead. What were you gonna What were you gonna say? I said, "Good dog, man." I got on my. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. Man. I remember last time we were talking about how Alabama put the whipping up on us. But I told y'all, I said, next time I'm back on. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, they did it. Hey, Chris, and, check your phone. I, I sent you so a and I'm a big a and fan, so we did it, but um, it was a little rough. Uh, <laughs> come out. Who's your NFL team? Cowboys. Why? Man, I always do growing up. One, I grew up in a big Niners fan. But time out. Where, where's Cowboys? Where are the Cowboys based out of? I live from Texas. I mean, I understand. Right. Just, I mean, don't use that when you're over here with, with you know, being a Colts fan. Hey, I can't help it, man. Carson yeah. Wentz is trash. I said that in the beginning, but um, if any Colts fan want to challenge me on that, go ahead. But yeah, I mean, I mean, people anyways, say, well, we'll, we'll drop that. We'll, we'll stay nah, in college football nah, because <laughs> because if you're in the South, it's all about high school football and college football. Stump, uh, Sharp knows that, so. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't really watch much NFL. I'm yeah, I'm the same way. So if I watch NFL, I watch it because <laughs> the players that played in college. So I'm gonna go and root for uh, uh, Travion Williams and uh, Von Miller because they both went to A&M. So in the Super Bowl. So we'll see. Who do you got in the Super Bowl? By the way, you know what? I it's because rough, I'm a door. Fan, I should say Stafford, but I kind of want Joe Joe Burr to win it. <laughs> man, hey, man I, you know, I, hey, I'm, you so, I'm so confused. I, I know you. I know you guys got Stafford, man, but where's Stafford from? You know? No, is he from Texas? Yeah, he's from Texas. He went to Highland with Clay and Kershaw. They both went to Highland in Dallas. One went to play baseball, and the other one went to play football. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm I'm conflicted. I swear, I, I want to see a good game. Um, well, aren't you an LSU fan? You should be going for Burrow, man. Yeah, I do like LSU, but my dad, my dad grew up a big Rams fan because when the Rams were back in LA the first time in the sixties, yeah. Um, and God, let me just say, I, I know my brother hears. I hate the Niners. <laughs> I and I know my brother listens to every one of these. I hate the Niners. Love so you, bro. Get a call from your brother. <laughs> yeah, I know. So I, I'm actually, so I'm actually gonna go for the Rams because, um, one, I like Joe Burrow, but I, I just, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, I really think Stafford needs to get his. Yeah. Playing all those years at the at Detroit, and I mean, it's kind of like the Barry Sanders story where Barry Sanders just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm out. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but Barry, see, he, he could have any NFL team would have picked him up. Yeah, but there was a, at least from my understanding, and anybody can like correct me if I'm wrong. Please email us. But at least from my understanding, uh, it was a little difficult for him to leave. I mean, there was a lot. Yeah. They were asking for a lot of uh, draft first round draft picks for him and all this stuff. I mean, and, yeah, I would too. Like, the guy I mean, was... I would too. But yeah, but I mean, yeah. I'm a big Barry Sanders fan. I mean, well, people like, like and I know you guys are big in like. Um, College fans, and I like college football too. But when you get to the NFL, it's no longer like college; it's a it's, it's a business. No longer it is. It is. Yeah, you know, people people and people you, forget about that. It's a business. Yeah, but you got to look at it now. I mean, some will say college is getting into it being a business, and now we're gonna be a, a sports podcast, and we need to stop this. But <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that's our second podcast we're thinking about doing. It's doing too, but. Yeah, boxing, talking about uh Yeah, talking yeah, about anyway. uh, combat sports. Long, yeah, yeah, we don't want to get into that because me and Joe kept on running it and <laughs> and Sharp will probably hang up on us like you guys <laughs> suck. <laughs> but oh, I like it. I'm I I was saying though, I think it's gonna kinda ruin college. Like 
Just the I'm way with you, man. what guys play in college compared yeah, to the I'm pros. With you. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm, it's like yeah. guys, they're working hard to get there. You know, like they're trying to they're trying to go take their game to the next level. Yeah, I'm 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 a hundred percent with you, and I think I really think that that I I think the game is going to be played different because then it's like they have no reason to play further, and then maybe maybe they will. Hopefully, they prove me wrong. But the reason I love college football is because um, it, it seems like they go out there and they play for a reason. They play to to make it to the NFL. So, a hundred percent. Yeah, man, and I'm with, I'm with you, and um, it kind of sucks for um because. It, it is what it is. I think college football is a lot bigger in the South than it is in than any than anywhere else. Um, but I think that's what sucks is now it's like man, and it sucks for a lot of Southern teams because you know they a lot of Southern teams Alabama, uh, Mississippi they don't have a professional team. You know what I mean? So no. Luckily Georgia no. has the Falcons, and you guys uh, hopefully you guys tug along so. <laughs> well, Dirty bird. You see where it's going with the Yeah, I know, man. <laughs> we'll just stick with Georgia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah, I guess uh, let's not keep going into this, man, because we can, we're gonna do another hour of uh, talking about uh, football and sports. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, next year, man, I- I'm excited. So I'm excited for Duxies. I'm excited for college football. So we'll see what happens next year. Um, I guess that's. That's honestly all the questions I had, Joe. Do you have any more? No, nah, man. Hey, thanks everyone for listening, tuning in. Sharp, I'll definitely see you in September. Or we'll have, we'll have a good time down here in uh, Louisiana. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking yeah, forward man. to it. Yeah, man. And we're gonna make this uh, Sharp, Joe, and other Joe when he gets back on, hopefully yeah. very soon. And Chris podcast. So, like, man, we gotta get you more uh, more on the show. So, um, but like always. Um, I want to thank Valor Honor Outdoors for what they do for our veterans, service members, and first responders, and all the other uh, organizations that do this for um, all our heroes. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been along with us on this ride and this Flyway Connection family. And uh, let's just keep going. And y'all have a good one. And let Valor not fail. <laughs>